0: Welcome to Logical, the UE's first and still the only regular legal podcast. My name's Tim Elliott. I'm with the managing partner of the Dubai-based legal firm, HPL Yamalova and Pleska, here in Dubai. And it is Ludmilla Yamalova I'm with. Nice to see you.
1: Good to be here with you, Tim.
0: Now, uh, in this episode of Logical, we're going to be talking corporate tax law once again. we talked about this very recently. It's just come into effect with Miller on June the 1st, and we recorded kind of an introductory look there. Now, as we record this, we're a few weeks on. So I guess it's good to start with a reminder of where we are, the ins and outs of UAE corporate tax law right now.
1: Well, where we are is that um, as of... Uh June 1st of 2023, now the UE corporate tax is, uh, in fact, in effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we have corporate tax, yep. and we before we just had uh, draft laws, uh, we had uh, expected laws, and we had the actual law, but it had not really come into effect until June 1st. So it is now in effect. It does not yet apply to everyone. It only applies to uh, all those businesses whose financial year starts in June. For all the other ones whose financial year is a, matches the calendar year, uh, they will be subject to this law as of uh, January 2024. But the law is um, is uh, final. It's uh, here. Uh, not only that, there are the, the law continues to um, kind of like an amoeba. Amoeba, it keeps growing. Uh, and uh, it's like a spider web uh, that uh, after the, the original sort of tax corporate tax law was introduced, there have been a number of decrees, resolutions, regulations, executive uh, orders and clarifications so and so forth. So this this little sort of organism continues to grow and expand. Uh, and um, so it's certainly not going away uh, because I have to tell you, when we first heard about corporate tax law come uh, being potentially introduced, we were all in denial. And then when it was finally so formally at least announced that it will be coming, we're like, it's not really going to. It's, um, and then when it was actually already published, which, okay, yeah, yeah, but they will delay it. Well, it ain't so. It's here and it's, uh, it's here to stay. So And not only that, it, it truly is um, layering on, developing with multitude of, of layers. And uh, it's a, obviously going to be a very complex body of law. But it is not going anywhere.
0: This is true. Are you anywhere near acceptance yet? Or are you still, are you just out of denial? Are you, how, how are you? Doing? Uh,
1: I am a little bit still in denial. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a kind, of, a kind of willful ignorance. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, as far as, uh, well, for from my business, uh, our fiscal year is uh, calendar year. So we're not yet uh, sort of formally subject to it now. Uh, but, um, uh, certainly, very aware of it uh, for based on what we do as, as, as an industry. One, two, for our, many of our clients. And three, to be honest with you, since I'm a U.S. citizen, I, since I've been in the UAE and U.S. citizens, a, a very privileged um, breed. Uh, we have to pay taxes, U.S. taxes, mm. no matter where we are and no matter where we live, where we work. So, as long as I've been in the UAE, I've had to. Uh, to and declare and and pay taxes to the U.S. Uh, always, so I haven't had a break. So it's not like I'm not familiar with the concept, or the concept is is long forgotten, uh, and it's always sort of present uh, because we have been doing my taxes to the U.S. Uh, authorities. Uh, so we know and uh, we're prepared. Uh, but and then on to add to that, when the VAT was introduced as a business, and obviously for all of our clients, we also this was kind of like a soft. Uh, uh, I guess soft introduction mm. uh, <clears throat> or entryway into the the tax world. Uh, most business, at least not most businesses, but a lot of businesses have obviously now kind of adapted in terms of just the bookkeeping practices, the auditing and the accounting practices, yep. and uh, and just even just issuing invoices and the corresponding kind of receipts. It's it's a, at least it's now a lingo now, uh, because until 2018 it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a completely foreign language.
0: You know, it's, it's so interesting that because wherever you go in the world, it is always the T word. It's it's a dirty word, isn't it? Tax. It's something you you don't mention. That's
1: yes. And we were very proud for a long time to <laughs> not have a kind of a dirty word in our vocabulary in the UAE. But yeah. uh, we have now been. Uh, it's it's seeped in into this world as well.
0: You made an interesting point just now. Actually, the the fact that not everyone needs to register right now. You you kind of said you know you're not subject right at this moment, and that's because it depends on your tax year isn't it to start with
1: Uh, correct so kind of as a starting point and we've we've uh, dedicated previous podcasts on this topic is any kind of business ultimately will have to register for for with fta being the federal tax authority Mm -hmm. and would have to um, do the tax uh, tax returns on the annual basis but not every business will have to actually pay tax Uh, so it only if you meet the threshold you'll be actually subject to paying the tax uh, but in terms of registering with the authorities we're all required to do so yeah. uh, and um, uh, as a but for the purposes of, of uh, perhaps gradual implementation of this this law it applies for the time being it applies to all those businesses that start the fiscal year in June um, so those businesses are now they they should by now have register with FTA, they don't really need to do anything other than register with FTA for the right. time being because they don't have to pay tax until a year after, but they should register business like ours and all the other businesses whose fiscal year is um, calendar year. Uh, we just, we have the option of registering between now and January, but we're not required to do so. Obviously, the sooner we do it, the the, the more comfortable we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be by the time that um, it's actually obligatory for us uh, to have that registration. Uh, Because the whole sort of the interface and the services are evolving before our eyes. So it's actually uh, not a bad thing to kind of um, be registered early on so you can learn and evolve along with the system.
0: I mean, that's about the extent of my knowledge. And my knowledge is based on the podcast we did three weeks ago, uh, aside from the fact that the, the, the rate is 9%. Is there anything new? Have you learned anything in the last three weeks? What anything, any changes, any additions?
1: Well, there are many. There are many, and I just think it's, it's my head starts spinning when I really? when I <laughs> yes, and <laughs> I think I think it will not stop to spin right. uh, for probably ever because this is as is typical of so many other tax laws in other countries. There's always something's always. Uh, Evolving something, changing something, uh, developing uh, in a tax world. So I assume it's it's going to be a very similar pattern here. In the, for the time being, what was um, uh, perhaps what we wanted to discuss and focus on today, in particular, is regarding uh, the um, application of this corporate tax, as you said, nine percent, to free zones. And so for all those who uh, are familiar with the UAE and our business environment here, we have what's called the mainland, yeah. and that's uh, these are companies that are set up on the mainland and uh, under the authority of what's called the Department of Economic Development or Ded. And then we have free zones, and every emirate has its own free zones. And within the free zones, and uh, there are kind of specific regulations that apply to companies. So this is for companies' purposes. Historically, a free zone there are certain benefits to being in the, within the free zone. One of which, and a lot of these benefits are, have been kind of fading over the years because of other changes in the law so one of the benefits was for example if you were set up in the free zone is that you do not need to have a the marathi uh sponsor or a partner yep. uh, so that was one of the big benefits well now for the most part you don't really need that kind of a, a partner even on, on the mainland so that benefit is of less relevance now however one of the other benefits that was adver- advertised for free zones is that tax-free so for 50 years mm. uh, and well now the big question when the law was introduced for all of those businesses that are um, that are based in free zones, uh, or outside, for that matter, or they were wondering, okay, well, free zones because it says tax free. Um, so does that mean we're going to be exempt? Well, we don't have to, as a free zone company, we don't have to pay the tax because it says tax free. So that is one big question that's been on many people's minds, and now we have some more clarity on what that means. And in short, uh, the free zones. And just to you know, highlight once again, we'll have to register with FTA because the law applies to all types of businesses, irrespective of how much um, they make per year and where they're located, what the type of business. So they all have to register with FTA. They'll all have to do tax return, including free zones. And with regards to whether free zones have to pay tax, it depends. So, in other words, free zone companies located in the free zone just because it's called a free zone and under the 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 terms and conditions of uh, almost basically every free zone, this is the tax the tax free for fifty years. It still depends for the purpose of corporate law. Okay, businesses may still have to pay nine percent.
0: Well, you know what my question is going to be. What does it depend on?
1: Yes. So um, it depends on the type of business and perhaps the location of uh, your clients, your customer base, and ultimately your revenue stream, the source of your revenue stream. So, for example, and this perhaps is how the authorities have been able to uh, to combine the two concepts of free zone and this federal corporate law, um, corporate tax law, Uh, So that because you can imagine if if free zones were completely exempt from corporate tax, you would probably have very few mainland businesses, especially now that you're not required to have a local partner anymore, you can basically move to a free zone very easily. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, so the, this so the straddle that potential kind of conflict um, or discrepancies in the laws so what the authorities have ultimately decided and uh, for the for the time being this perhaps will continue will evolve in other ways but if you're in inside a free if inside a free zone as a business you don't need to pay you are it's not that you don't need to pay it's just you you're you're not, you're not exempt um, you are just um, you're subject to to uh, a different tax rate. Uh, and the tax rate is zero percent, right. but on certain kind of income only. So if you're a business inside the uh, inside a free zone, anything you uh, generate within this free zone is zero rated. So you're not exempt, but it's zero rated income. So let's say if I'm a business inside the free zone, we can call it the um, DMCC, which is kind of where we are. Uh, so, and all my income is from my clients here in let's say I'm a restaurant. I'm a restaurant in the D- in in the DMCC or in Tcom. Uh, then uh, the, since I'm in inside the free zone, uh, then all my income that is generated, within the free zone is 0%. Okay. It's whatever income is generated within my free zone is zero-rated. Whatever mm. income is generated from outside of the UE is zero-rated. And whatever income is generated from other free zones okay. is also zero-rated. So let's say I'm sitting in DMCC and I do work with TCOM, with Silicon Oasis, um, DFC, JAFSA. So any kind of income between the free zones is also zero-rated.
0: Let me just simplify this for my that non-legal brain for a second. You're a restaurant and you're in the DMCC free zone. Any revenue generated in your restaurant, people come there and they pay their bill, that's zero rated. If you do outside catering to another free zone, zero rated. If you do outside catering in another country, zero rated. However, am I to understand that if I were to do outside catering in Dubai, outside of a free zone on the mainland, no longer zero rated.
1: Great example. Okay. Excellent no, example, and it's no, great demonstration because no. you think even a business that is not professional services, because professional services a lot, it's much more fluid in terms of where the income is, is generated. But if a, a stationary business like a restaurant, you'd mm. think okay, all of it the income should be uh, zero rated if they're in the free zone. But as you rightfully said, in the UAE in particular, deliveries are very common for all restaurants.
0: Well, that's a really interesting point because that's another aspect, isn't it? If, as soon as you deliver outside of the free zone. And all of a sudden yeah no okay, okay. exactly yeah.
1: and i will tell you there's even more so that's just for for businesses like that actually deal with material mm. uh, or yeah. t- tangible goods uh, um, such as restaurants right. uh, and what about professional services so for example let's take a law firm us mm. uh, for us let's say you're my client right and you're my client do a co- company based in Jaffa? so any kind of income that we do for you uh, and for your business in JAFSA is zero rated. Mm-hmm. However, same client, you have a property um, that you own on the Palm. Any of my, any my services related to that property, to that interest of yours that's outside of free zone, that's on the mainland, will be subject to 9%.
0: Even if the client is. In theory, located inside a free zone, the the asset outside of the free zone.
1: Exactly. So right. it's not just the the location of the client; it's basically where the revenue stream comes from. The sort of the source of the revenue stream. So right. because in that case, you're paying me uh, for the services that relate to your asset uh, outside the free zone on the mainland, and that's subject to nine percent.
0: Keeping track of that is going to be that. That's. Uh, So your essentially your audited reports are now set to be really, really scrutinized. You've got to be really on top of this.
1: Absolutely, and so you can imagine what this will do to a lot of businesses in terms of just administration, operations, and cost uh, compliance costs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, I guess what it will do to uh, the accounting and the auditing industry. Uh, There's, um, I I, I would expect more schools to open and more. um, more accountants and bookkeepers uh, uh, to uh, flood into the UAE because uh, it's certainly businesses will need this help because as as you just identified, there's so many different layers. Uh, you could be as a business, you could have the same client, the same client could be in different free zones. So the services you're providing could be different free zones. It could be outside of the UAE, it could be mainland. Uh, so just keeping all that um uh, documented and monitored. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be simple.
0: And, and the thing is, with this, is uh, in the free zones there are many major global corporations, and to many of them, a new procedure isn't such a big deal. But by the same token, there are lots and lots of small, medium enterprises operating from these free zones uh, here in the UAE, and for them, this will be a big deal.
1: Oh, absolutely. And we've seen that with um, the introduction of VAT. And so that's why, as I mentioned earlier, I think that was a very uh, kind of a gentle way perhaps to ease businesses in the UAE into the corporate, uh, the, the new uh, world of, of tax. Uh, because until VAT was introduced, I, most businesses, a lot of the small mom and pop businesses and boutiques and uh, grocery stores and cafes and restaurants, they didn't even have, I mean, all the accounting was done. By hand, because if you don't have to pay taxes, you don't have to disclose or sh- or, or make no. uh, or reports to any specific authority. I mean, how you keep your your books is completely your business. Uh, so that's why a lot of businesses just literally by hand, and a lot of receipts. I remember, I'm not that old, but I remember the majority of my time here, we receipts were handwritten, and um, yeah. and then so the, when VAT was introduced. That was one of the requirements under the VAT law was that everything, all the invoices, all the receipts had to be of a specific uh, format and ultimately electronically generated. Uh, so, uh, so hopefully by now the businesses have had a little bit of time to kind of ease into it and, and adopt some bookkeeping and accounting practices that will make it easier for them to embrace the new reality and the new, uh, the, the new level of uh, reporting requirements. But it's going to be complex for sure.
0: There's something else as well. The Two of the UAE's free zones, the DIFC, Dubai International Financial Centre, and the Abu Dhabi General Market, the ADGM, are in many ways independent legal jurisdictions. That, that's kind of historically the legacy. I think it's fair to say. They have their own laws, their own courts. But for the purposes of UAE corporate tax, the DIFC and the AGM are subject to federal law. Just like the other free zones now, uh,
1: in- exactly, and that's and that's another big point. in this is something that we have perhaps less but learned, but sort of clarified and solidified further in our minds recently. Uh, but before I jump into that, I did want to also make one comment because there's a lot of free zone, let's say outside of. As we mentioned earlier, the the UAE has many free zones and every emirate Mm. has its own free zones. Dubai has the greatest number of free zones. But in addition to your general free zones, we have these specific free zones like the DFC and the DGM. We'll come back to them shortly. But in terms of the the regular um, free zones, uh, a lot of foreign interest companies, businesses, individuals have set up free zone companies around the world. Uh, around the UAE uh, for their global operations, which basically means uh, they have a base here, a legal base. They have, uh, let's call it, a, a JAFSA company or a Silicon Oasis company, a DWC company or a DMCC company. So, any one of these free zone companies, they have the company, but all of their income is generated outside of the UAE. Yep. So, therefore, by law, by at least impl- the the perhaps the uh, speculation, the implication would be that they're free, they're within the free zone. And all of the income income is generated from outside of the UE, therefore they'll be zero rated. However, there is, and this is this is kind of where a, a number of laws kinda come into play together, there's an additional sort of set of laws, and we've talked about it in a previous podcasts called the ESR, which is economic substance requirement. And so, however, in order for to benefit, and this is kind of where this particular aspect of the corporate tax law comes in with economic substance requirement, and that is in order for those kinds of businesses or for businesses to benefit from the 0% uh, rate, there's an additional requirement. So these are only free zone businesses um, which meet the following requirements can benefit from the 0% tax rate. Otherwise, they'll be 9%. And they and those requirements are, first of all, it has to be derived from the qualifying income. The qualifying income being, for example, outside, either from either free zone or from outside of the UAE, that's called the qualifying income. Right. But second of all, this is really important. That every the free zone company or persons, they must maintain what's called adequate substance in the UAE and conduct their main sort of core activities, um, income generating activities. And they have to maintain their and um, their assets and employees and expenditures in this in, in this basically company, this free zone company.
0: Right, but what's adequate substance?
1: So, there's a it's a fairly complicated area of law but basically it has to have like the managers of the company they have to be based in the UAE they oh, have okay. X number of X number of uh, board meetings and um, uh, quarterly meetings have to take place in the UAE the decision-making has to take place in the UAE the senior management have to be in the UAE so they have to have depending on the type of businesses they have to have X number of employees and these employees have to be under the company's residence and they have to be based in the UAE so in other words these social sort of shell companies which was previously I guess that was one of the one of the prolific uh, <laughs> industries <laughs> yeah. for a lot of the free zones, is there a lot of shell... I don't want to call them companies but there were companies that were set up in all the free zones, and they were being used for purposes of their own tax uh, optimization or tax mm-hmm. reporting in their respective countries uh, for purposes of minimizing, optimizing tax. Uh, so this, they would use this free zone, the UAE free zone, for that purpose. So now... That option is no longer for you. For those businesses who have these purely shell companies, for just that reason alone, that's no longer going to work. Uh, they will have to still pay nine percent. Uh, so unless, um, uh, unless they actually, uh, and, and if they don't want to pay the nine percent, then they need to make sure that they have this business is a substantive business. So in other words, if I have a company in that's in the Netherlands and I just have a free zone entity here. I can no longer just run all my income through the DMCC company for purposes of being zero rated or, or, But um, I have to actually have employees here. I have to have an office here, and this is one one of the uh, requirements as well. Will be just the physical office because a lot of these sort of shell companies uh, don't necessarily have a physical office. It's it's kind of a flexi desk uh, option. So under this, and this is this is where I'm saying the ESR, the economic substance requirements that we've done a podcast on, uh, has a very specific sort of list of the requirements depending on the business, how many employees, how many meetings, management, uh, decision making sort of what, how much of that substance has to take place in the UAE. But that's where the two kind of merge together, the corporate law, the economic substance uh, law, uh, and that basically if a business is based in a free zone in the UAE and wants to benefit from the 0% tax rate, it must have its substance here in the UAE and not just use this kind of as a, as a shell entity for purposes of tax optimization.
0: Okay, so adequate substance is kind of uh, proportionally linked to operational activity, I, I suppose. Oh, exactly. It, Yes, one way of putting right. it. But let's just head back, sorry, uh, uh, to the DIFC and the ADGM.
1: Uh, uh, so, okay. yeah, so, but there's a few other things for these same free zone companies. Uh, it's <laughs> I had the some, feeling there was... Yes, so yes, yes. So, yes, so also you have some free zone companies or some businesses actually may want to opt for 9%. So even if they don't, uh, even if um, they have businesses elsewhere, right. so they may actually want in, 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 inside the free zone, um, and they may otherwise have a qualifying income that would be subject to a zero percent. They can actually opt in for nine percent, so they can opt in to pay nine percent. Why? Because it may be that in another country where they have a business, the tax rate is much higher. Sure. And so, and if there is these, uh, and if if there is an agreement between the two countries uh, for double t- taxation, for example, so they prefer to pay a lower tax here in the UAE than a higher tax, let's say in Europe. So, so be, in other words, businesses even who have qualifying income that otherwise would qualify them or, uh, to zero percent tax rate can actually opt in to pay nine percent, so that they can opt for the nine percent and uh, not the higher rate that they would be subject in a different jurisdiction.
0: Let me just boil this down. And once again, for my very simple non-legal brain, you, you effectively, through introducing tax, you, not chase, that's the wrong word, but you discourage the businesses that you don't want and other businesses may opt in and you encourage the businesses that you do want.
1: Well, and this is perhaps the evolution of every kind of economy is that the UAE has over the years become a lot more of an evolved and stable and sort of sustainable economy. And it's by virtue of these new regulations and your sort of the businesses that are being set up here are becoming more of a real businesses and sort of sustainable businesses. And that's to your, to your point. And these are the kind of ultimately these are the businesses that will benefit the economy in sure. the long run, yeah. uh, the economy and society, right? Because they're the ones who generate businesses, they're the ones who generate employment, uh, they're the ones who um, um, to rent spaces and um, hire people and uh, uh, and so on and so forth. So these are the kind of businesses that the country actually would benefit from in the long run uh, more. So yes, yeah, so as part of these the evolution of these uh, legislative reforms, this is what is happening that the businesses that are there that are being set up here or they're still remain are actual real
0: businesses it's all starting to fall into place
1: yes I? so there's one more one more comment and this is also important to just to make sure in this part of the kind of the, this, the compliance and, and the, the tax optimization is any kind of multinational companies for example that want to benefit from potentially benefit from the zero rated uh, they need to make sure uh, that they adhere to the what's called the arms length principles and maintain adequate sort of transfer pricing standards and documentation meaning that if you have a big company and you have uh, multiple um, entities right and so you can you you can, what you can do is you can set up different uh, sort of free zone entities and say, oh yeah, this free zone is basically zero rated. That one is, is zero rated because they're kind of separate legal entity. But in order to benefit from these sort of zero rated, they actually have to, the transactions themselves have to be uh, kind of arm's length and they conducted at arm's length um, in order to benefit from these potential sort of exemptions in the law. So it's, again, you cannot use this or abuse it or misuse it as, as was the case in the, before and in many other countries. Um, where companies, businesses always seek out their more beneficial jurisdictions to set up in order to basically, I don't want to call, avoid, either avoid paying tax or try to optimize their tax obligations. And so just kind of to wrap this up, just in terms of the, the, the legal foundation... Uh, and so the, these kind of clarifications of the free zones, in particular, uh, they were uh, issued uh, by virtue of the Cabinet Decision Number Fifty Five of Twenty Twenty Three regarding the qualifying income of qualifying free zone entities, and in particular Articles uh, Three and Seven. Uh, and obviously, that's in addition to uh, the federal decree law number forty-seven, 2022 which is the corporate tax law. And the specific articles there, like 1834 and 55, that kind of deal with or set the foundation of the base for what's to come next. And so on the back of that substantive law, these, this new cabinet decision that came out recently, just this year. And so that's basically where these nuances that we've just discussed are, are embedded and, and further detailed.
0: I think that pretty much sums it up, but I, I've got a feeling this is a topic we're going to come back to.
1: As far as yeah, as far as the free zones are concerned, the regular, the ordinary free zones, but we still have the DiFC and ADGM uh, free zones. Oh, okay, to so we do. Well, cover it, yes.
0: A few words on that, I think, yes. are necessary.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so ADGM and DIFC, these are the two sort of very special free zones in the UAE. So DIFC stands for the Dubai International Financial Center Free Zone and ADGM stands for Abu Dhabi Global Market. So two uh, f- separate free zones in two different Emirates, one in Dubai, one in Abu Dhabi. And these free zones are not just your free zones, your typical free zones. They're also independent judicial uh, or uh, judicial zones. Uh, and, uh, so, and they have their own laws. And interestingly enough, so the independent jurisdictions and they have their own, not just laws, but their own courts. Uh, So, for example, the DIFC has its own um, common law jurisdiction versus civil law in the rest of the UAE, same with ADGM. Uh, Their laws are based on English laws, sort of on the English um, legal uh, practice, same with ADGM. And even all the practice, all the laws are drafted in English and the the main language is English, not Arabic, as is the case in in the rest of the UAE, including other free zones. Uh, And they have their own courts. Uh, So and their courts are, for the most part, uh, um, represented by very senior judges that are English trained judges. Uh, and um, and it's all English-speaking court. Uh, so these two free zones are not just your typical free zones, but they're, typ- they're also independent jurisdictions, completely independent jurisdictions. And for the most part, basically, for the most part, <laughs> as as uh, they are, there are laws, the kind of have law in them in themselves. Uh, so the federal laws don't necessarily apply to these two free zones, apart from a few laws like you know, let's say the criminal law. Uh, so, however, and so that's why we've had a few um, questions recently from clients. So we want to go and set up in DIFC or ADGM. We want to move our business either from the mainland or the free zone to one of these because we don't want to have to pay tax or we just want to maybe optimize our tax obligations. Yeah. And so, so we're thinking of moving to the DIFC or ADGM. Uh, uh, thinking that because DIFC and ADGM have their own laws, that this corporate tax law will not apply there. And for the most part, with regards to most other laws, that is the case. For example, the DIFC and the ADGM have their own employment laws, and they, they have their own company's laws, they have their own corporate laws, their own contracts laws, and so on and so forth. But as far as the corporate uh, tax, the UE corporate tax law, This corporate tax law applies to all of the the entire country, to all of the companies in all of the free zones, irrespective of um, what type of free zones they are. In other words, this particular corporate tax law applies equally to ADGM and the DIFC. Uh, So in that case, they are treated, ADGM and DIFC, treated the same way as any other free zone for purposes of corporate tax law under the 0% uh, rated income, as we discussed earlier. So in other words, whether you're based in the DIFC or the DMCC uh, or TCOM or ADGM, uh, your sort of reporting tax obligations will be the same. But the tax, certainly, you will still have to register with the authorities, with FTA. You'll have to submit your income. Uh, and you will be able to, some of your income could be uh, zero-rated uh, qualifying income. Uh, but there, the other income that deals with the mainland of the UAE or source from the mainland of the UAE will still be subject to 9%.
0: There's a lot more to talk about here. I think we'll come back to UAE corporate tax law, no doubt, and over the course of the next few days, weeks, <laughs> months. I have a feeling that is another edition of Logical Corporate Tax Law and update, as ever. Thank you for watching, listening, or both, and thanks to our legal expert, the managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka, Ludmila Yamalova. I, I feel it's a lot clearer.
1: Ah, yes, you look uh, a lot more enlightened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge again. Find us at LY Law, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. All the podcasts that we do are free at LYLawyers.com and most other podcast platforms. If you'd like your legal question answered in an episode of Logical or you want to talk to a qualified UE experienced legal professional, click contact at LYLawyers.com.